Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show. And today we're talking about how can you enhance your relationship with your elders or people who are going to pass? And how can you have those conversations that are really healing and meaningful? My guest is Tony Silbert, who is the principal of Innovation Partners International and has over 20 years of experience in organizational development, consulting, training, speaking, and facilitation. And the birth of this book really came because he partnered with Joan And it was prompted by powerful questions and conversations he had with his dying mother, Lynn. And his book is Healing Conversations Now, Enhanced Relationships with Elders and Dying Loved Ones. Welcome. Welcome, Tony. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. So, yeah, so let's talk about this. You You had a partnership with Joan. Talk about her and then talk about how how the birth of the book really did happen with the conversations you had with your mom. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, the work that I do is focused on appreciative inquiry, which is basically asking open-ended, positively biased questions that invite stories. So had Mm. been doing this in an organizational context for many, many years. And then um, when my mom was diagnosed with cancer, um, you know, when you're in it, you're in it. Uh, and so I reached out to my appreciative inquiry colleagues and asked them what questions would they ask if they knew they were going to lose a mother, father, sister, brother, loved one. Um, and I got over 150 responses. So I received uh, these amazing stories, these amazing questions and resources. So when I was overwhelmed by the the response, I collated them, uh, sent it back out to the listserv and called it Tuesdays with Mom, Conversations That Heal. So that's how it initially started was um, trying to figure out how to have these conversations with my own mother um, uh, as, as she was nearing end of life. Um, and then Joan Chadbourne, my co-author, um, enters the, the story after my mom passed in 2006. So Joan, and, Joan uh, is also very passionate about this topic of aging and conversations and relationships. Uh, so it was a natural fit for the two of us to partner together to create Healing Conversations Now. And it took us, you know, like five years. The book came out uh, in 2011 all the stories. Now, there was something called Conversate. Was it Mondays with Maury? What was, what was that? Yeah, Tuesdays with with Maury. That's why I, uh, right, I exactly. uh, you know, initially called it that, uh, you know, because it really did become about those uh, kinds of, how do you have these conversations? Hmm. Uh, ultimately, the book became titled Healing Conversations Now, right. Enhanced Relationships with Elders and Dying Loved Ones. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, I mean, to fast forward with your own situation with your mother, in having these conversations, and we'll go back and talk about the elements, but tell me what that did 
for you and for her? What what did it bring to you to having these kinds yeah. of conversations? Yeah. Well, first of all, we're not uh, we're not adept at having these conversations about right. death and dying. So um, for me, it was to get to know my mother better, to help her feel, uh, you know, find her own peace and acceptance. Um, but, you know, the first question that I asked my mom was to get to know her more as a whole person. So I asked her about what her life was like before I was born. And mm. what an amazing mm. insight that I that I gained from asking that question because I found out uh, you know her her she had had over half of her life before she had me so she right. shared stories about all of her adventures with her friends and her travels things that I had not really heard about and it, for me what was powerful was it helped me get out of the 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 role of knowing her just as my mom and getting to know her mm-hmm. as a whole person and knowing better what was important to her. Interesting. What do you think it brought her, or did she tell you? Yeah. Well, my mom uh, loves to have conversations and to share stories, so I I really think it brought um, some peace and acceptance to the fact that she was going to die um, and to be able to share her wisdom, her stories, and her gifts before Mm. she passed. Because I think that the essentiality of these conversations is the relationship uh, and how can you strengthen that? How can you um, provide moments to find forgiveness and acceptance for things that may not have gone the way you had hoped? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting when you say this. uh, I have to bring this up because it brings it to mind. Uh, I've written a couple of books, and one of the books I wrote was called Pathfinding Seven Principles for Positive Living. And my father was was very learned, very bright. And so in each of those chapters, I interviewed him and I told his stories. So if you go to each chapter, there would be like a section that that was colored. It would have like a gray background, and all of those stories were his. So I learned stories about him as a child, about my grandfather coming over from the old country, about, you know, things that meant something to him. I mean, amazing stories I would have never known. He passed at 95 about six years ago, but I'll always have those stories. And I think that was very special. Yeah, that was special. So, and I, yeah, and and they weren't always a little different from yours. They weren't always the healing conversations, but I got to really understand things that I I would have never known. I mean, who would know about, you know, how your grandfather came over and escaped? I mean, so it it was very interesting, but I do think that, um, I think it's so important to have these conversations. And what I'd love to ask you next is, the whole piece of the healing part, Tony. Where does the yeah. healing come into the conversation? Yeah, so the, the, I, I get this question a lot. Um, the healing is more about the fundamental disease or dis-ease that we face toward in the life or as we age about isolation, separateness, and loneliness that happens. Yes. Yes. So I, I really am talking more about that relational healing um, because, uh, as you know, as we age, there's things like unfinished business, things that we either want to be forgiven for or need to forgive others in order mm-hmm. to sort of let go and have peace and acceptance toward end of life and, mm-hmm. and have what I would call a good death. 
versus a troubled or conflicted death. So the healing there is really about uh, healing and mending those relationships uh, and also mm-hmm. the ability to, um, to share stories in new and different ways because um, we can sometimes get stuck in these um, downward narratives or stuck in a story that is unresolved or an unresolved conflict in your life. And until you can uh, resolve those, uh, you won't find peace or acceptance. Do you feel that your mother shared some very special like personal stories that she hadn't shared before, or maybe you know some of her deep feelings? I do. Um, and I would say I've always had a strong relationship with my mother. Um, but my sister and my mother's relationship, I would say, was much more strained and needed more mm. healing. So mm. I, I felt like I was more of the bridge builder or facilitator for my mom and my sister to have a healing conversation. So I remember when this happened, I put out some questions or prompts, and I think my, my sister was looking for closure, and my mom was yeah. looking to mend that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and this so helped. I, I, oh, tremendously. Um, it's one of the stories in the, in the books about enhancing and mending relationships is one of the chapters. And I share that story um, because my sister came to visit with my mom and whether she used the, the questions that I provided or not didn't matter. They entered into the conversation and based on the conversations that I had with both my mom and my sister after, um, it became much more about being that empathetic and understanding of both sides and acknowledging the multiple perspectives mm. and the reality of doing the best you can with what you got. Absolutely. And that's what makes them so important. How can people start get started in these conversations, Tony? And how do you, I mean, yeah. you can't just say, you can't just, you know, you have to move into these. These just don't, you just yeah. can't open up a question, right? Gee, how do you yeah. feel about this? You know, when you yeah. get kind of that deer in the headlight or they resist. So how, yeah. do, you, how do you, you know, get into this, move into yeah, it? It's, it's really interesting because uh, as we were writing the book, it really um, has a flow to it, which starts with getting to know them better. Uh, so the more generic, which starts to build the trust and the relationship to right. go deeper, to enhancing right. and mending relationships, to uh, after a serious diagnosis, to finding peace and acceptance and loving them goodbye. So you see it starts from the more general conversation. So you, it might start with, you know, tell me a story, a high point experience about our relationship. So it might start there where the focus mm. is strictly on the relationship uh, because it is hard to just jump into these conversations about death and dying and, uh, you know, because it's the ultimate problem to be reframed is death and dying. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I would say start general and then go deeper after you've built uh, some of that trust in the relationship. And then, uh, you know, I talk about uh, the essential skills and the one, two, threes of healing conversations. And so when I talk about the essential skills, we're talking about um, inquiry using open-ended positively biased questions that Mm -hmm. invite stories. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, because so, Pete, stories are non-threatening, right? I mean, a story, it's, it's okay to tell a story because you yeah. can, even if the feet, and you can tell your feeling within the story because it's, it's much less, right? It's much less threatening, I think, than saying, oh, I was so scared when. But if it's part yeah. of the story, it's a little different. And there's a, this intentional positive bias where you're looking for, even if you're asking about a challenging situation or something that didn't go well, what you're looking for are the, the strengths uh, that they had to make it through such a challenging situation mm-hmm. that they could bring to bear in this uh, situation. So mm-hmm. there's the open-ended, positively biased questions or the inquiry. Then there's the deep listening. And then, as you mentioned, the storytelling um, is what creates that shared meaning and relationship and connecting around the stories that's important. So it, it's, it's as simple as what are you most curious about that person? What do you most mm-hmm. want to know? Like in the example right. of my mom, uh, you know, the first question was about her li- what her life was like before I was born. But you could ask any question that you're curious about. And what is uh, your intention for that conversation? Is right. it to get to know them better? Is it to uh, enhance the relationship? Is it help, helping to find peace and acceptance with the fact that they have a serious diagnosis? Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about intentions around healing conversations and really what, what, is, what are we talking to, where it's aging today in terms of so many people are living longer, and you know, what are Tony's feelings about the future of positive aging? And also we'll continue our talk about his new book, Healing Conversations Now. And my guest is Tony Silbert. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show here on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What's your coffee story? The one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My Favorite Coffee Story is here with host Aniko Samoji. 
We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone. We are back. We are talking to Tony Silbert about the book he co-authored with Joan Chadbourne, which is Healing Conversations Now, Enhanced Relationships with Elders and Dying Loved Ones. And he partnered with Joan, and they started having their own conversations and then decided to co-author this book. And the birth of this book was prompted by powerful questions and conversations that he had with his dying mother, Lynn. So, Tony, welcome back. Thank you. All right, so let's... um, Someone's listening to this and they say, yeah, you know, I have a parent or a sibling or a very good friend who is dying. And there are some things that are left unsaid. And I, I, I want to get them said before they're gone, but I don't really know how to do it. What would, what would you suggest? Well, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so I would, again, as we talked about, it's hard to just jump right in there um, right. into the heart of the question. So building that trust uh, and getting clear about what that intention is for the conversation. So uh, to me, uh, the biggest roadblock to having these conversations is people are trying to figure out the best perfect thing to say. And I say that it's more important to figure out what to ask than what to say. So uh, I would try to open up that conversation to say, are there anything that that you would like to share with me that you haven't shared before or things that um, would make you feel peaceful and complete? So I would try to frame it more as uh, in that vein and look for stories from that individual. Right. And as you say, as we were saying before the break, the story will often move into the emotion, and then you can yeah. you can go from there. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's very, very good. Um, what are you hearing? I mean, this book has been out for a few years, correct? What are people yeah. telling you? What feedback are you getting from the book, Healing Conversations Now? Uh, the feedback I'm getting is that they wish they had it earlier, Mm, (laughs) hence the word now in healing conversations now. Uh, You know, I wrote this book for individuals and family members to have these conversations. And as you know, talking about death and dying uh, is not a a typical dinner conversation or typical conversation. These conversations typically happen after some critical incident, someone's hospitalized, so unfortunately, we don't have these conversations on a regular basis. So for me, it's about how do we start this process earlier so that there is mm-hmm. more comfort in having these conversations. Um, 
uh, Ellen Goodman uh, from the Conversation Project says, always too soon to start until it's too late. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So it, it's, it's very much about just kind of... Uh, Having, I would think part of this is having the intent, right? Would there be another piece to this, Tony, of having an intent when you go into the conversation that whatever happens, it will be positive and it will be caring and it will be kind? What do you think about that? Uh, I like those as, as guidelines. You never know where a conversation will go. Uh, so for you as the the, the the questioner or the person that's putting out the questions, if you can um, ask the question in a way that leads to the stories that help the person um, share what they care deeply about, then even if it goes to a place that's unexpected or where there's hurt and pain, uh, they can reframe for themselves how they've made sense of it and where they're at now. But I love those those guidelines about uh, the positivity and the kindness and care and compassion. So sometimes we get stuck in our roles as, you know, a father, son, brother, right. loved one, and it's hard to get out of that dynamic. So we, as the, the listeners, have to put on our, our big boy and girl pants and also right. be willing to let the person speak honestly because everyone has their own truth reality and perspective that's built up from their experiences and how they interpret the world around them and those experiences. Absolutely. Very good point. Tony, what's inspiring you now with aging? I mean, if you look at, I mean, we both live in Rhode Island and it's the fastest growing state in the country for older people, people 85 Mm -hmm. plus. But if you look around the country, the numbers are huge. We're the fastest growing population. I know millennials are close, but we're, we're also really growing very quickly, particularly because of the baby boomers. So, and people are living longer now and they can be healthier. We have all of those tools. So what do you see for the future? Yeah, well, I, I see one of the biggest needs is to get this into our healthcare system. So, you know, there's a, a ton of statistics that I'm sure you're familiar with about the importance of people um, uh, talking about end of life care, documenting end of life wishes, and the gap between, uh, you know, people's wishes and actually having done it in Rhode Island. Um, you know, 95% of healthcare workers recognize the importance of advanced care planning. Only 46% have done it. Uh, and that exp- extends to the notion of how do you shift our healthcare system to be more human centric? Because when it comes to end of life, uh, it's not necessarily just about safety, compliance, and disease management, it's about independence and choice. Um, quality of life, as you know. So there's a number of things that are pointing us in this new direction of more um, relation-based healthcare that needs mm-hmm. to be put in place um, mm-hmm. in our healthcare systems. I'm also um, inspired by other things that are helping to bring conversations about death and dying into the public space. So outside of healthcare. I think that the things that I'm intrigued by or inspired by are things like uh, death cafes. I don't know if you've heard of death cafes. No, I never have. What is that? Let's have tea and cake and talk about death. 
It's, it's really? really a gathering. Yeah. So I've facilitated a couple of these here in Rhode Island. I've facilitated a, a, a let's talk about death over dinner. So these are forums to bring people together to have conversations about things like what does a, a good death mean to you? Um, that help make it safe for people to come together mm-hmm. and have these well, kinds of conversations. Yeah, I, I, I've heard people say, you know, when you, when you, before you pass, what is it you want to leave? What's the, that you want to leave? What's the legacy you want to leave? Yeah. Or what are the things? What's your bucket list? What do you want to do before you leave? And what's right. important to you? And yeah, I think those because that gives you a goal, right? I mean, if you're putting it out there, it gives you a goal. It does. And the more you can have people come together and talk about it, whether it's the hopes that they have for their remaining time, whether it's their hopes for what a good death might mean to them, or the, or having that sense of community and strengthened relationships uh, to face something that we will all face at some point, not with fear and trepidation, but with uh, openness and comfort. Mm, yeah, very, very important. How can people learn more? Um, do you teach workshops? How can they get your book? Does your co-author yeah. teach workshops? Yeah, so, um, you know, the book is available on uh, Amazon.com uh, as well as uh, the Taos Institute. Um, so if you're interested in the book, the book has, you know, plenty of questions and conversation starters along those dimensions that I mentioned from getting to know them better to loving mm-hmm. them goodbye and every, everything right. in between. I have some of those uh, questions and conversation starters on our website, healingconversationsnow.com. Um, you know, uh, have connected with a vibrant Facebook community, uh, have a Facebook page as well. Um, but, uh, you know, in terms of workshops, I, I, I do a lot of speaking and teaching at National Aging Hospice Palliative Care Conferences, as well as mm. some local, local uh, long-term care associations, both for-profit right. and non-for-profit. Um, so there are in, many, many ways. more resources out there now. Right. What, tell us the, your Facebook page and give us all of that information. And your, yeah, your so website. If you do a search on Facebook for Healing Conversations Now, it will come up and you'll okay. see the latest post with a link to this amazing show. Um, <laughs> and the, the website is healingconversationsnow.com. Okay. All right. And my guest has been Tony Silbert. He's the co-author of the book, Healing Conversations Now, Enhanced Relationships with Elders and Dying Loved Ones. And his co-author is Joan Chadbourne. And again, you can get this book on Amazon. Uh, All right. Um, Tony, we're going to close, but we've got about a minute left. What would you like to leave our listeners with? If they get one thing out of this interview, what's your message? My message is just start. To start the conversation, um, it's it's important. It's a gift to the person that you ask these questions of, and it's a gift to yourself. So the healing mm-hmm. happens not only for the, the the patient, the individual or loved one, but for all of those that are involved in the conversation. And remember that it's more important to figure out what to ask than what to say. 
and it mm-hmm. helps free you up to just start versus procrastinate on a conversation that's very important. Okay. Thank you so much for being on the program. It was really great. My pleasure. Yeah, it was great. Tony Silbert, Healing Conversations Now. All right, stand line for a second, Tony. All right, uh, that wraps up this first half of our program, and we'll be back with another interview right after the break right here on the Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.